been talking about peace this last couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, um, I've been building up to really, for peace to be practical in our lives. Um, and really, these are a couple of things. There's a couple of things that God dropped in my heart, and I've been building to them um, the last couple of weeks. But I'm going to talk tonight about, we're still talking about perfect peace, but I'm going to talk tonight about peace as a lifestyle. And God wants us to have a lifestyle of peace. It's not just something that, you know, comes and goes. This is meant to be the way we live. We're meant to live in peace and enjoy the peace of God in our lives. Amen. And really, I'm going to get down to it tonight and show a few things. But you know, the peace of God is meant to be our normal life. That's a, it's a, a different way that some people think. Some people think that peace is something new. Sometimes it's about and then sometimes it's not. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't have it. And many times that's because people base, um, base peace and stuff like that. They base it, they base it on, on feelings. It's like love. Many of you know love is not a feeling. And some people are looking for, yeah, it can, uh, can affect your feelings. But love is, is more than that. Um, you, you, can, you, can, you can experience the love of God and not feel a thing. As in all of those goosebumps that go with love. And many think Jesus had goosebumps when he was on the cross. Like tinglys and you know fuzzies and all of those kind of things. He didn't have any of that. But that was the greatest act of love there's ever been. And yet he didn't feel love and all of those kind of things as in like, you know, you know, a rush of emotion and all of those kind of things. No, um, lo- love, love is exp- is exp- was expressed. Love is a verb. And we've seen the greatest act of love. You know, you see it through the scriptures. You see Jesus going to the cross. And we can see that as the greatest act of love where he laid down his life for us. No greater love ha- have you than to lay down your life for your friend. And that's exactly what he did. He did that for us. Yet that was love. But many of you know the love of God, it's, it's beyond. It's beyond what we can comprehend, as in with our head. It's something you just have to know the love of God. Amen? Well, the peace of God is the exact same. You have to just know it. You have to know that you have peace. It's, it's, not, just, it's not a feeling. It's something that you need to know that you have it's just something that you have you know it and, and, and I'm going to try and explain some of those things about it tonight because peace needs to be the norm in our lives many times people think you know that peace um, is, is something that comes and goes you know what I, I feel the peace of God well you know what the peace of God is something that we're meant to live in and it's meant to be in our lives all the time in actual fact many times the peace of God you, it becomes so natural to you that it's like is it even there in that sense, it's there, but it's not like as if it's right in your face all the time, as in, you know, with these warm and fuzzy feelings. How many of you know the sun is always shining? And sometimes you can't see it, but it's always shining. It's always there. And I tell you, the peace of God is the exact same way in our lives. Sometimes you notice it, and sometimes you don't in that manner, as in, like, you can't see the sun. But how many of you know the sun's there? You know, when we say the sun, the, the sun came up, you know, you, well, it didn't really come up, you know what I mean, in that sense. Like, it's there the whole time. It's been there. Or, you know what, when it's behind the clouds, or we say, oh, look, we can see the sun. How many of you know the sun was there even when you couldn't see it? 
So it's the same, it's the same with anything in God. Because the things in God's kingdom are a constant. His love is a constant towards us. If you don't feel like he loves you, he still loves you. That's why you're meant to go and get in the word and see what he says about you and remind yourself that God loves me. That's what it means to keep yourself in the love of God. Where you go and you get the word of God out and you remind yourself that God loves you, even if you don't feel like it. Sometimes you have to speak to yourself and, and just say to yourself, you're someone God loves. Amen. I'm loved by God. It doesn't matter what you feel like it or not. It's not about how you feel. It's what did God say. And if God says he loves you all the time, it's a constant. It never changes. God's love is like gravity. It's a constant, you know, like a law of gravity. It's constant. Well, I'm telling you, God's love towards you is constant. And I'm going to try and show a few things tonight um, of the peace of God as well. And in in that kind of um, mentality that the peace of God is a constant. And I'm going to show you tonight that you have the peace of God. Whether you feel like it or not, you have it. But peace is something you can become more aware of it or less aware of it. But I want you to know that you do have the peace of God. Amen. So I'm going to look at a few of these things this evening. But peace is meant to be a lifestyle. It's meant to be a lifestyle for us. And then, um, let me just read out a couple of scriptures. I have these up this evening because um, I want to just, just flow the night. But in Philippines 4 and verse 6, it says here, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And it says here, In the peace of God, which passes all understanding. That's what I'm saying. You see, it's, it's more than a feeling. It's something that just, you can't even explain it. You know, the peace of God is just something you are just, you just know it. You just know it. You can't explain the peace of God. How do you explain it? It's beyond logic. It's beyond the ability to explain. And yet I'm trying to explain it tonight. But it's beyond that. It's beyond comprehension. It's just something you know. And the Bible says here, the peace of God that passes all understanding, what will it do? It will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Do you know what? You, you can be facing the worst thing, but the peace of God will keep your heart. And it will keep your mind. But how do you explain it? Yeah, well, it's beyond comprehension. It's, it's beyond logic. And he's ever had the peace of God in a situation and you know and everything in the natural is telling you to fall apart. And yet you just have the peace of God on the inside of you. And you know what it is? It's an inner confidence of just knowing everything's okay. Amen. That's why when you, you become more aware of it whenever you pray. You become more aware of it whenever you, instead of worrying, you pray. Prayer change, or worry changes nothing. Prayer changes everything. You know, instead of worrying, if we would pray, instead of worrying, you see, we, we even though peace is there, sometimes we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we're not aware of it. It's like the, the sun behind the clouds. We're not aware of it, but the peace of God is always there. But you know when you become more conscious of it when you pray? But you know if you worry, you're not conscious of the peace of God that you have with you. But you know what, if, if, we, would, if we would trust more, we would worry less. Amen. And if we would trust more, we'd have less stress. <laughs> so we, we need to we need to, to, to we need to become aware of the peace of God and live our lives as a lifestyle of trusting Him. 
I'm a lifestyle of knowing God's looking after everything. Amen. I have the peace of God. I have the peace of God. God's bringing me through. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to worry about that bill. I don't have to worry about that circumstance. I don't have to, to sit worrying night and day about my kids. I don't have to worry about my future. You know what? You don't have to worry about anything. Worry is that, is that exercise that is, 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 is non-productive. And no matter how much you do it, it produces nothing. Nothing good anyway. Amen. But you know what? Prayer changes everything. And when you pray, that's why when you pray, you become more aware of the peace of God. Because you're talking to God. And you're talking to the God that's bigger than your circumstances and bigger than anything you face. And you know what? You become aware of the peace of God. And that's part of our lifestyle. We're meant to have a lifestyle of peace. Amen. Experiencing God's peace. And you know what? You know what much of it comes back down to? Trust. God, I just trust you. Yeah, I know I'm up against the wall, but you know what? I may be, be you know what I mean if you're in that situation. I'm up against the wall. I may be facing things, but you know what? Praise God. God, you took the walls of Jericho down. God, this is going to be no problem to you as well. Do you know what it is? It's, it's buying into peace. God, I'm in a storm, but you know what? Jesus was in a storm as well, and he, he slapped in the storm because he was at peace. He was at perfect peace. And you know, when you're in peace, you can speak peace into what you face. You can command it to be still. Jesus was at peace in a storm. And when he spoke up because he was at peace, he spoke peace into his circumstances. But you know what? When people are worrying and in fear, and that's what they speak, they speak out of what they're buying into. If you buy into fear and you buy into worry, it's amazing that when you face situations or circumstances, out comes all of the worry, the stuff you've been chewing on, and it starts coming out. But you know what? If you've been spending time with God, and you know you've been basking in His peace, and basking in, the, in, his, in His rays, so to speak, in the sun rays of, of His presence, it's amazing that out of your mouth starts to come the answer. Out of your mouth starts to become, become peace. Amen? So... We can face situations. We, we, we've looked at it this last, um, the last couple of, couple of weeks. We, look, we looked at, a, well, at several things, you know, with peace. But here's a couple of the key verses here. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. He didn't take it back. He gave you it. So you have peace. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives give I unto you. And then he said here, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That lets you know there's going to be lots of opportunity for your heart to be troubled and there's going to be lots of opportunity for fear to entertain fear. But again, if you spend time with him and become conscious of his peace, it's not that fear and trouble doesn't come. And many of you know circumstances come to everybody. You live in this world, you'll face life, but we don't face it like everybody else. We face it from a different viewpoint. Um, I, I, you know, a thing came back to my head today. I was thinking about you. Do you remember um, in the 80s? I don't know if any of you remember. Do you remember the advert in the, in the 80s for Ratty Brack? No, remember Ratty Brack? And I would show... This, this wee boy, it just came into my head, that advert today, whenever I was just going over, over my notes again for this evening, just looking at things, looking through these scriptures, that image just came back to me. Um, if you see the adverts in the 80s, you have like maybe a wee boy sitting at, the, at the, the breakfast table in the morning, and he's going to be going out into the freezing cold like at this time of the year. And so he's, he's sitting eating ratty brack. And you know what, it's, it's, to, it's to put something hot on the inside of him. 
But whenever he goes outside, he has this, this glow of orange all around his body. And it's really saying that he's, he's, he's had his ratty brick. And the, the phrase that they used for that, the, the use for that in the 80s part of the advert was, get up and glow with, with, with ratty brick. Get up and glow with ratty brick. And you'd have this orange um, like silhouette around his body as he would go out. Well, do you know what? It was, it was saying, do you know what? I'm going outside and I'm going out into the cold, but I'm prepared for it. I'm going out into the elements, but I'm prepared for it. Well, I can tell you, we can face life. And Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Amen? Be of good cheer. Don't be like the world, worrying and concerned and stressed out when things happen. Be of good cheer. I've overcome. Whatever you're facing, Jesus has overcome it. Amen? So he's saying, you know, be of good cheer. Head out in there. Head out in there knowing that you have the peace of God in your life. You, when you go out, you don't go out into the world like, like everybody else. Everybody else is just, whatever comes or goes, they're, they're like blown about with the wind. But when we go out into the world, we may step into some of the same things. We live in the same world. You know what? We, we, have the, we face the same things in the world in general. But we face it different because we face it, so to speak, like we have a ratty brack in us. Or we have the peace of God in us. When we step out, we step out there knowing that God's with us. And we're overcomers in Christ. Amen. He has overcome. And thank God we've overcome as well. Amen. Jesus said, um, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen. So we can go into the world completely different. And we go in with the peace of God. Um, I, I said a couple of things over the, over the weeks about the peace of God. The peace of God is not having every circumstance lined up. That's the way the world looks at peace. You know, if, if you have everything in order, then do you know what? We, we're in peace. We have, we have peace in life. That's the world's way of peace, but it doesn't last because just, it's just the way this world is. Once you sort one thing out, something else happens. People always say that there's always something. Well, that's life. There may be always something, but you know what? There may be always something, but God's bigger than the something you're facing. Amen. God's always bigger. God's always greater. And there's always promises for us in life that no matter what we face in life. Amen. No matter what we face. But you know what? True peace is the alignment between us and God. That's true peace. Not, to, not the alignment of circumstances. But knowing your relationship with God is good. Amen. And that's why we looked at justification for a few, few weeks there. Because being justified by faith, we have peace. When you know that you're justified, you have peace with God. And you have the peace of God in your life. Amen. See, once you know that's okay, I'm telling you everything else is okay. Because you can face it with him. You can face that knowing God's with you. I'm telling you, God is not angry with you. We're in a new covenant. And the Bible says in Isaiah um, that it says the waters of Noah, that God will never be angry with us nor rebuke us. We're in a new covenant. It's a covenant of peace. Amen. And you know what? We're on the other side of the cross, thank God. And you can know that your judgment has passed because Jesus took your judgment. And when you receive Jesus, you know that you're justified. Amen. And you stand before God just as if you had never sinned. Amen. But people have different um, ideas of peace. There are some people who have the idea of peace that, you know what, um, if 
if there was no war, we, we would have perfect peace. Well, technically that's true, but we live, in a, we live in a world where there's always something happening, but that doesn't have to say you can't live in peace. You can live in peace in every circumstance in life. Amen? Some people think peace is like, do you ever watch Finding Nemo? You ever seen Finding Nemo, the turtles? You know, is that some people, you know, just laid back, you know, t- totally awesome dude you know the, the turtles and just swimming through like like someone that's on drugs or something like but I, I, i'll tell you that's that's not that doesn't mean to say a person has peace just because they're laid back peace is an internal thing well you know everything's okay amen and god is i'll tell you god has given us his peace amen another thing i want to just um, say in passing as well is that you already have it I'm, I'm trying to get to something here but i'm just laying a bit of a foundation first but you already have the peace of god to see to see once you receive jesus peace peace is part of your it's part of your software as a believer you're you're hardwired with peace it's in you see what I'm trying to just show is that we peace is not something that comes and goes peace is a constant and you have peace whether you realize it or not once you make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life you you got a you got a new you got a new hard drive put on the inside of you so to speak that's a new birth and in the new birth, you have stuff that's on your hard drive that sometimes you aren't even aware of. Is that, is any of us have a phone or a computer or anything? And there's there's stuff that your phone or your computer can do. It's on the, it's on the, it's in the software. It's on the hard drive of your phone. But you've maybe not tapped into it. And then somebody says, "You know, your phone can do this," and you go, "What? Really? Boys, I didn't know." But you had it the whole time. You know, you you had it. It wasn't something you were trying to get. You just weren't aware of it. But you had it the whole time. It's like my computer there, that computer there. I can do loads of stuff. Um, I don't know what to do. There's a lot of stuff built into it. But, you know, I, 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 didn't, I was trying to, um, like, add some of, uh, like, my um, messages and stuff. And I didn't know how to do it. I hadn't got a clue how to do it. But the whole time, the ability was already on that for me to do it. But I didn't know how to do it. And then I wanted to make like the wee videos that we started to put up on YouTube and stuff. I didn't know how to do it. But the, the ability was already there. It was a lack of knowledge on my part. And the lack of knowledge on my part stopped me from being able to use it. Because I wasn't aware of it. Does that make sense? But it was there the whole time. It's not, uh, you, I didn't have to go and get it. I actually had it. It's been sitting in my house the whole time. And I, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to make the things. I hadn't, because I'm not, like, you know, technically minded that way. I didn't know how to do it. But I needed somebody to show me and give me the information so that I could enjoy it. But you know what? You have, when it comes to the peace of God, it's already in you. It's on the hardware of your life. It's in your new man. That's why whenever it says you're, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. We need to live out of the new creature. And know who we are. Know who we truly are. That's why I, I spent a few weeks talking about, you know, that we are justified. That we are made righteous. Because many people still live as a sinner. After they've been saved. With a sin mentality. And yet when you know Jesus, the Bible says you'd have no more conscience of sin. 
You don't have to live with sin on your hard drive anymore. You've got a new hard drive that's made righteous. You're a child of the king. And all you have is a memory of who you used to be. All you have is the memory of that old man. But that old man doesn't exist anymore. He's gone. Amen. Your past is gone. It doesn't even exist. That's, that's, that's important to know. But you know what? In the hard drive of our lives, we have qualities in us. And you know what, you know what it's called for us? It's called the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is already in you. It's already there. It's not something we have to, you know, have to go and get. The fruit of the Spirit is already on your hard drive. And you know, you know the fruit of the Spirit? We know, we know what the fruit of the Spirit is. In Galatians 5, 22, it talks there about, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Many know you don't have to go trying to get love. You already have love in you. Joy. Do you know what? You can be miserable, an old miserable sod, and have the potential for joy on the inside of you because God put it there. Amen? That's why you have to pump the well and get what's in the well out. But I tell you, God put it in there. And you have a living well that's on the inside of you. And all of these things are there. Love and joy and peace. Peace is already in us. Who say I don't have peace? You do. Oh, I don't feel it. Not about why you feel it or not. It's in you. May you know you can't feel your spirit? <laughs> yeah? Do you know how you know what's in your spirit? It's only one way. You have to go to the Word of God. Do you know, if you want to know what you look like physically, how do you find out? You look in the mirror. That's the only way you can find out what you look like. Because you can't feel. How many know you can't feel beautiful or you can't feel whatever? You can't feel where your hair's out of place or you can't feel that. Do you know what I mean? You have to go and look in the mirror. And it reveals to you who you are. So when you go to a natural mirror and you look in a natural mirror, it reveals who you are. Well, the only way we can find out who we are now in Christ is to go to a spiritual mirror. And the spiritual mirror is the Word of God. Amen? That's the Word of God. And when you go to the Word of God, that's why the Bible says when you look into the Word of God, you behold Him. And you see yourself in Him. And that's why you change from glory to glory. James tells us the same thing. You go and you look into the Word of God. You go and you look into it. This is the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God. So the Word of God is the only way you can know what's in you. So what's in us? Well, here's what's in us, peace. You have peace on the hard drive of your life. That lets me know that you can live in peace. And you can experience the peace of God on a day-to-day basis. It's not something that comes and goes. You have it. Amen. Amen. Need to practice living in it. No, here, practice living. I have the peace of God. I thank you. I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Lord, I thank you. Here's what your word says, and I trust you. You just start living in it. And God wants us to live in peace and know the peace of God. Amen. Know it. (laughs) Do you feel it? Oh, I know it. That's different. Amen. Do 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 you feel joy? You don't always feel joy. Many know joy isn't like going around like you slap a coat hanger in your mouth. That's not joy. There are a lot of people smile and they don't have any joy. Joy's from within. It's deep down inside. But many know you have joy in you, and you could be facing something you don't feel. You don't feel like you don't feel like laughing. 
You don't feel like singing. But how many you know if you just start singing? And you just start thanking God. And after a while, that well starts pumping. And the next thing, joy after a while, joy's flowing out of you. It's flowing out of you. But it's been there the whole time. You just need to tap into it and recognize that we have the joy of the Lord. That's why Smith Wigglesworth used to make statements like, he'd say, my body doesn't tell me how to feel. I tell it how to feel. Amen. It doesn't tell me what to do. I tell it what to do. It's just like Paul said, I bring my body under. I bring it into subjection to who I truly am in Christ. I'm a child of God. I bring it into subjection. I tell it how to feel. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Um, let me, let me um, just, I want to I wanna just show something here this evening. Just, so I want to just look at two stories this evening. And um, just bring out this point about living in peace. And, you know, if I want to I talk just first of all, I'll just talk these out so well. But, you know, we know the story as well. Um, the woman with the issue of blood. And, you know, you know the story with the, um, the woman with the issue of blood. It's, uh, you read it through her in several of the Gospels. But in Mark 5, you, um, that's probably my favorite place to read it. But in Mark 5, you find out, first of all, that, you know, that Jesus is on his way to, to heal um, Jairus' daughter. And... The crowds, the Bible says the crowds are thronging him. That means he's being pressed. He's being pressed from every angle. Being pressed, every, everyone's pressing up against him. But he's walking and he's going to heal this, this girl of 12 years of age. And this is a young girl of 12 years of age. But you know what? As Jesus is on the way to, to heal this girl, this woman just comes pressing through and interrupts everything. Many, many you know, that's, that's what she did. And the Bible lets us know that this woman, that she was 12 years sick. You know, you just think about this here. Do you know what? A child of 12. When you look at a child of 12, that's not, that's not a long time. You think, oh, it's, they're just a wee, a wee spring chicken, 12 years of age. But, there's a di- but when you're 12 years sick, 12 years is a long time. Yeah? just depends on the perspective. This woman, one of them is 12 years old. The other one's 12 years sick. And not alone is she 12 years sick, but she's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It's been getting worse. It, the Bible lets us know that, you know what, um, she, tr- she tried everything to fix this situation. And you know what, there's a lot you find out about this woman. This woman reminds me of like a type A personality. Do you know a woman, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it done. You know, type A personalities, they thrive on, on pressure. And they're, you know what, I'll get it done. I'll make it happen. But this woman was trying everything to make it happen. And you know what, nothing was getting fixed. In actual fact, it was getting worse and getting worse and getting worse and, and you have to think about it in them days she went to doctors and the Bible says that she suffered many things of many physicians and you know what I'm telling you if you've ever had anything major wrong with you sometimes it hurts whenever you go into hospital they can poke and shove and do things but in this day it was even worse this woman had suffered a lot doing everything she could to get well this, probably, this woman was probably a wealthy woman at one time and had spent everything the Bible said she spent everything that she had and didn't get any better but actually grew worse and worse or as sometimes you'd say in, in, in over this side of the world you know it's not, it's not good English but she got worser we know what that means she got worser and worser 
Slikt sånn med mamma sin. Assens, og mamma sier assens. Assens grown up. Det got worse and worse. But you know what it did? It got, it got, she got, it, the situation got worse. She had spent everything. Can you imagine how depleted that woman felt in herself? Trying everything to get better. In actual fact, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And this woman, I'm telling you, this woman, she has an issue of blood. And really just means that this woman was bleeding all the time. You, know, you can imagine bleeding for 12 years. How weak this woman was. I mean, she, she, she probably looked like an ice cream. She was as white as a ghost because, you know, she bled for, 20, or for um, 12 years. And she was, what do you call that, anemic? She probably was like that. No iron. No strength. But the Bible says she heard of Jesus. And whatever she heard changed her life. Amen. I'm telling you, there's hope comes when you hear one word from God can change your life forever. Amen. Just one word. You can hear one word. You can be getting worse and worse and everything going downhill. But I'm telling you, one word from God can change everything. And you know what really she heard? She heard how ridiculously good Jesus was. That's what she heard. How ridiculously good he was. Because this woman, if you look at it, if you look at this woman's life under the law, under the law, this woman's not even meant to be in a crowd. This woman is meant to um, stay away from everyone. This woman is unclean. And yet she heard about Jesus, and Jesus drew this woman close to her. Or drew, or this woman close to him. What was it about Jesus that drew this woman? Right up to him, where she felt like she could come and, and whatever he has, there's something he has for me. It changed everything in this woman's life. The Bible says she heard of Jesus. And she said, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Amen? Whole. I love that word whole. That means nothing missing. That's nothing broken. Really, that's peace. You know, in the Old Testament, when it says shalom, shalom, that means nothing missing, nothing broken. <coughs> Amen? Nothing missing, nothing broken. This woman, she heard of Jesus, and she pushed right through. Under the law, this woman could have been stoned for being in a crowd. Here, here's the thing about the law as well. You know, when somebody was unclean under the law, if they were told they were unclean, anybody they touched was unclean. If they slept in a bed, the bed was unclean. Everything was unclean. Because in the law, under the law, it's like sin is contagious. Under the law, it's like, it's like uncleanness. Don't touch me. And that's why many times people have that mentality, you know, of don't touch me, taste not, handle not, and all of those kind of things. It's an Old Testament mindset. This woman under the law could have been stoned to death. But you know what? Here was the thing. When this woman got to Jesus... Here's the thing about Jesus. When you touch Jesus, he doesn't get what you have. You get what he has. Amen? When you touch Jesus, he doesn't get what you... When this woman touched Jesus, Jesus didn't become unclean. This woman became clean. But under the law, if this woman would have touched anybody, they were unclean. But something about Jesus is different. I'm telling you, Jesus is good. But I'm just, I'm just showing this woman's situation. And we know that, that, that this, and another thing, this woman, she crawled through a crowd to get to Jesus. She touched the hem of his garment. She's down at his feet. <laughs> a 
woman that's been getting sicker. That's <laughs> annoying. Sicker and sicker. Okay? <laughs> and worser and worser. And she's crawling through the crowd to get to Jesus. And she just came and took something from Jesus without even asking him. <laughs> huh? Did she ask Jesus, would you heal me? No, she just heard that if you get to him and you make contact with him in faith, whatever's in him is going to flow into you. And she came and she took. There was people that were banging up against Jesus and receiving nothing. But this woman came in faith and she touched the hem of his garment because she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Do you know why? Because what, what she heard quickened faith in her. And we know it was faith because Jesus said it to her whenever he turned around to her. But you know what? This woman came at, at a feet level and just, just laid hold on Jesus. And, and she, took, she took something out of him. I'm telling you, Jesus is full. The Bible says, Of his fullness have all of we received, grace and grace for grace. This, Jesus was full and this woman came and took what was in Jesus for her. And then she just took it. But you know, we know a story, Jesus turned around to her and then, you know, turned around and said, who touched me? And, you know, and then it ended up the woman, you know what, but when Jesus turned around, he says, he, he looked at this woman. And I'm telling you, Jesus was delighted when he seen this woman. Because he said, boys, a woman of faith. I'm telling you, faith pleases God. Amen? Pleases God. But he said to this woman, um, let me just read it out here, what he said to her. Because this is important when you understand peace. It says here, and he said unto her, daughter. Boy, I'll tell you, everybody else had a name for this woman. But he called her daughter. And I'm telling you, when God speaks to us, that's how he sees us. He sees us as his beloved children. But he said, daughter, thy faith has made you whole. And then he made this statement. This is so important when it comes to peace. He said, um, thy, thy faith has made you whole. And then he said, go in peace. Now, when we read that, many times we read it as go in peace. You know, like just like you'd say to somebody, bye, safe home. It's like, peace be with you. But the word here for go in peace, that's not what it means. That's why I have this image up here. Because the word in here, it means into. It's a place. It's not just peace be with you. When it says go in peace, and actually the word there in the Greek is go into peace. It's like, you know, whenever you go into a house, you go into that house, you go into it. That's your environment. That's the house you go into. Well, when you talk about peace, we're not meant to just have peace sometimes and not sometimes. Peace is a, is a lifestyle. It's what we're meant to actually step into peace. And now from here on in, live a life of peace. Live in peace. Live inside peace. Or we could put it this way, peace is in you. Experience it. Live in it. So we're meant to live a life that is conducive to peace. And you know what, I, I, just want to, I just want to put out here tonight, is peace something you visit, or is peace somewhere where you live? Do you see, if you visit peace, that means it comes and goes. You know, I was saying earlier, Jason and the Dean, they're way off to America today, but they're going there to visit, they're not going there to live. They're just going to visit, and then they're going to come home. But you know what, peace is the environment that you live in, it's your lifestyle. 
It's like, you know, um, you know, when you visit somebody's house, every, how many of you know everybody's house has a different environment to it? You know, when you go in, you, there's a different environment in every, in every house. But, you know, you leave that environment and go home to your own house. Because that's, that's the place where you live. And you have an environment with your house. And you know what I, I just want to put out tonight? Is our, is our environment conducive to peace? Amen. Do we live in a peace environment? Because the peace of God affects your life in a major way. It affects your life. It really does. Is it somewhere we go for a while and it was good while it lasted? Or is peace the norm? Peace has to be the norm in our lives. And it's available to us because Jesus said to this woman, you know, for the last 12 years you've been in stress. You've spent everything. You have worked yourself to a bone. You've tried everything trying to, you know, get yourself well in your own ability and your own strength. You're wore out. You're mentally depleted. You're physically depleted. Your bank's depleted. Your life's depleted. You're so wore out in yourself. And you've received something here today. Don't go back to the same kind of lifestyle that you've had. Go into a completely new lifestyle. Go into a lifestyle of peace. Where you rest in the promises of God. Where you rest in his goodness. Where you're not stressed out. Go and live in the peace of God. And I tell you, God wants us to live in peace. Trust in him. Amen. Do you know what? This woman tried to make everything happen in her life. And I've learned over the years, you can't make anything happen. You can't make it happen in your own strength. Now, you have to step out the promises of God. But step them out in His strength. Step them out with Him. This woman was, I'm going to make it happen. But Jesus said, you know, you change that attitude. Now everything you lean on Him and you live in peace. And every year of your life, you let the peace of God overwhelm you. Amen. Um, praise God. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was thinking this as well. Do you know, I, whenever I got, when I got saved, one of the things that caused me to really want a different life, one of the things, there's many things that brought me to Jesus. But one of the things was, I lived for the weekend. How you ever do that? Live for the weekend, or you know, when you're younger, you live for the weekend. You know what you were living for? One night a week, and I hated it. After a while, I hated it because your life became around the weekend or one night a week, a Saturday night or something. And all you did from Monday was talk about can't wait to the weekend, and your life was all about the weekend. And it was a place you went to, maybe uh, you know, if you went out or whatever, you went somewhere for a few hours and then you went home, and then you were back to. The miserable way of life that you always had. I wanted something different. I wanted a life that I could enjoy on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday and right through. I wanted a a lifestyle that was different. And I tell you, I found that in Jesus. And one of the things I loved loved about being saved right from the start was it wasn't just about Saturday anymore. Monday was great. There was no Monday blues anymore. It wasn't, oh, I'll get up in Monday blues. No, I didn't have Monday blues anymore. Because Monday was the day the Lord had met. And I could rejoice in Monday and be glad in it. Amen. Every day. Because you know what that is? That's going into peace. It's a lifestyle. God wants us to have a lifestyle of peace. Now, let, me, let me just throw out a few thoughts here. There's different kind of environments that people go into. And they live in. And 
I'll try and get this point out here just before we close this evening. Just like, you know, when you go into a house, you need to see yourself in your life that peace is something that you're going to live in. You know what, I, I, I've, I've determined to live in peace in my life. And, you know, coming into this year, I've been more conscious of it. Because I just came, came in with that on my heart this year. And 2017 for me is a, is a year where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in the peace of God. It's a year of supernatural peace for me. And I see it that I'm going into peace. It's not something I'm visiting. I'm going into it. I'm the ready brack kid. I'm, I, everywhere I go, I have the peace of God. No matter what the circumstances are. No matter what's happening on the outside. I'm going to enjoy the peace of God and know God's looking after me. And that's a confidence. Because I tell you when you, put your, when you look to Jesus, Jesus is ridiculously good. He's going to look after you. But you just have to trust him. Just like that woman, she had to come and receive by faith. And he said, Jesus said to that woman, don't go back to the way you used to live. You step into peace and you live there. But you know what? That's the house, so to speak, that I'm going into and closing the door behind me and I'm not leaving it. And that's the way we're meant to live our lives. Now, I know we are going to all face things in life, but you need to see yourself that peace is the norm. I'm going into peace and I'm not going to allow anything to rob that peace out of my life. Let me just say a couple of things here before we close. Some people live in a house and it's like a pressure cooker. (laughs) Everything is at a fast pace. It's a stressful environment. You know, it's just go, 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 go. And as I said earlier, that's like a, it's like in psychology where they talk about like a, a, a type A personality. They're, they just thrive on stress. But I'm telling you, stress is not good for any of us. Stress releases um, hormones into the body, into the bloodstream and everything that go through the body. And affects, it affects so many areas of our life in a negative way. Stress is bad. Those, those hormone, hormones, when they go through the body, it, you know, the, off and on those kind of hormones are okay. You know, like you'd get butterflies in your stomach or something like that. They're off and on, they're okay in your body. But if you have a lifestyle of stress, it has such a negative effect on our bodies. But some people live in a stressful environment. It's not, it's not conducive to peace. Do you know in Uri? There you have the fun house where kids would go to us with the call that place. The fun house would be like funky monkeys or something around the corner there. But some people live in a no fun house and it's not conducive to peace. Some people in their houses, they don't see the funny side of anything. Everything's serious. Some Christians are so serious. I mean, they're serious about everything. And I know life is serious. And our mission is serious in this life. But you know what? You can have a light look on things in life as well. Sometimes we just need to make fun of ourselves. You know, in our house, our house is a slagging house. I mean, me and Donna keep each other going from morning to night. Sometimes it crosses the line. We're just messing. But you know what? Everything that happens, I mean, you don't do anything in our house. I mean, if you do something silly, you're going to get a nickname out of it for a few days. And I, you know, and I, I, I have nicknames for the kids. I keep them going. I call them everything. As in, like, you know, funny things. You know, just, just, we'll have a laugh. 
I've, I've, you, you don't want to hear some of the names, nicknames I have for Donna. But um, <laughs> I keep Donna going. I, I sing songs like God's love is like a circle to Donna because Donna has a, has a round head. And I keep her going about it. But you know what? We, we, just, we, we try to make it light in the house because I, I don't want my kids growing up in a miserable environment. I want my kids to grow up in an environment where you laugh. I want my kids to hear laughter in the house. But it's conducive to the peace of God. Amen. Some people's houses are like EastEnders. Do you, do you ever get around some people and everything's drama? Oh, don't worry. I'm listening to them because everything's drama. It's not conducive to peace. Always offended. Always something happening. Boys, it wouldn't matter when you meet any time of the day, there's something happening. What is it? It's like being an EastEnders. Some people's house is like WWE. You know, like uh, WWF, it would have been called when I was younger, American wrestling. Always fighting. There are some people's houses, the norm in that house is to fight. You fight over everything. No matter what it is. It's like walking on eggshells because you don't know when you could just say the wrong thing and now that's a blazing row. Do you know what that is? That's not conducive to peace. It's a pressurized environment. I'm telling you, we can live in peace. We can have peace in our home. Amen. Uh, in that kind of an environment, anything could start World War Three. There's some people, I, I, I put it down here, it's like they live in a haunted house. And I don't mean like a scary or anything like that or a demonic or anything. I just mean they live in a house where it's like fearful. Everything, afraid of everything. Worry about everything. Oh, you know what? Oh, you hear, did you hear the news? Did you hear the latest? Oh, there's an outbreak of this. Always living in fear. You know, and it's, it's not conducive to the peace of God. What about just quoting Psalms 91? Amen. In the midst of the fear. that the nails bit off themselves worrying and fretful and afraid of everything. The kind of people that never take a risk. <laughs> Some people live in a Barbie house. And it's an environment for stress because it's like everything has to be perfect. Why is my mum looking at you, Donna? <laughs> All right, I thought you were looking at Donna. Because I'm thinking, that's exactly what Donna's like. Donna's like this. Donna knows us. <laughs> Donna say, I'm OCD in that area, and I know I'm OCD in that area. Donna's, Donna's a kind if you had a, a, a picture frame and it was just moved slightly, Donna would know. Because Donna has everything in order in the house. Yeah. But, but you know what? Sometimes an environment like that, not saying that about Donna, but sometimes an environment like that can be a, a, a stressful environment because if, if one thing's out of place, it's like everything's out of place. <laughs> and then there's people that have a keeping up with the Joneses' house. And that is, they never have peace because the, it's, it's not that they don't have stuff. It's the more occupied with what everybody else has. And if somebody else gets something, then I have to get that. Oh, they got a new TV. I have to get a better TV. They, they got a 52-inch TV. I'm getting a 60-inch TV. And it's, that's, okay if you, that's okay if you have the money to be able to go and do that. But there are some people who live in a, an environment where they do not have peace. And 
And many times, I've seen over the years many people that have maxed their credit cards to the hilt trying to keep up with somebody or friend or whatever. The Bible says the godliness with contentment, that's a great gain. That doesn't mean to say that you don't keep moving forward. That doesn't mean to say that you don't keep adding things. But what it does mean is you can enjoy what you have while you're believing God for other things. And some people can never enjoy what they do have. Because they're always complaining about what they don't have. And it's not an environment for peace. Do you know know what's a good environment in life? Is to enjoy every day. Do you know what? If if this is the car that I have, I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to, because that's the one I'm driving today. But I'm maybe believing God for a new car. But I'm going to enjoy this car. Amen. Or I'm living in this house. You know what? I'm going to be thankful for it, and I'm going to enjoy where I am. But God, I'm believing you for greater things in my life. That's okay. But some people can never enjoy the day they're in because somebody else has something better. That's not conducive to peace. Conducive to peace is just a place of rest. Amen. Just a place of rest. Knowing God. Thank you, Lord, for what I do have. Amen. Just give you praise today. God, do you know what? If we had started counting our blessings... What a difference it would make. Every one of us have so many things to be thankful for. But what I'm saying is, it's not always conducive to peace. Amen? So praise God. I had another story saying the same thing, but I'm not going to get into that tonight, because time's well gone there. Let, let, me just, let me just say this here. Don't visit peace. Live in peace. Amen? Amen? Don't visit peace. And that's not to say we don't believe God. I'm believing God. I have dreams. I have promises. I have things I'm believing God for. There's things I'm believing God for. But you know what? I'm going to enjoy every day serving God. I'm going to enjoy God. enjoy walking with Jesus every day. And I'm going to be at peace. Amen? And I'm going to enjoy the peace of God every day in my life. That's my plan. To enjoy it. I'm not going to say I'm going to hit it 100%. Because none of us do. But you know what? When I'm aiming in that direction, I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. Amen? So, you know what? Let me just say it again. Don't visit peace. Let peace be a lifestyle. 